Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop. Steve here with a special guest, Barrent from Meet Me at the Table. Hey, thanks, Steve, for having me on. I'm really excited to be here again. It's always a great time to be here. Yeah, you've been on here a few times now. You're one of our returning guests. I am. I really enjoy coming on. You guys are a lot of fun, and it's fun to discuss all these awesome games with you. Yeah, and so today we're going to get back into kind of our normal format, where we're going to talk about a new game, Unbroken. But before we jump into that, let's do a quick chit-chat and see how you've been doing, Barrent. What you've been up to on your channel? Well, let's see here. My channel, I've just got done playing a Madara crawl-through, because they're doing that Kickstarter. It actually just ended uh, today, which means this is probably going to be a little bit farther in the past. But they just finished that. I actually just got my hands on three really cool small games, and I've been planning to bring those to my channel. And I really want to get back to my seventh continent Kickstarter playthrough that I've been doing. It's just been so much fun. I can never get enough of that game. That's awesome to have so much content to be thrown on your channel. And if you're not familiar with uh, Baron's channel, it is Meet Me at the Table on YouTube, and he does a lot of great playthroughs for solo and cooperative games. I did just get back from a trip to Colorado with my wife and kids, and actually brought a couple games with us. One of the big games we played, believe it or not, was Villagers. My wife loved it, and we... Every night we played Villagers. I brought a couple other games with us too, but every night we just kept playing it. So I recommend going to grab that if you haven't had a chance. It was a really fun, like, village building, engine building, card drafting. It was really good. We had a really fun time. So that's I'm hoping to get that to my channel, but just that's kind of what I've been doing. We had a nice trip to Colorado, and uh, it was good fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about the game. I haven't had a chance to play it yet myself, though. What have you been up to, Steve? Yeah, well, I've been playing Unbroken quite a bit to prepare for this uh, review. And other than that, and we have started a Patreon for the One Stop Co-op Shop uh, YouTube channel and podcast. So if you guys haven't heard, uh, you can go out to our YouTube channel, and Mike has done an awesome video for that. And we're doing a giveaway for Patreon supporters, and also have a survey out there. So if you like our content, or want to give us feedback on content, go out there and fill it out, and you can win a $50 game. So I've been working on that, and I've got a new game called Orchard. And this is from Sideroom Games, the same company that has done the uh, Black Sonata game and Marquis. And this game's kind of cool. I'll do a playthrough of it, but it is a small solo game that plays with like nine cards. And it's kind of kind of thinky. I, I like it. My wife actually surprised me by, uh, I left it on the kitchen table. She picked it up, read the rule book and started playing it. And uh, she did really well. In fact, I admittedly have not been able to beat her score so it's been kind of a fun little competition between us to see who can get the better solo score in that game <laughs> that's awesome okay well enough about that let's jump into the review of unbroken so what is unbroken unbroken is a solo only game and really you can't really play cooperative at all there's no way of making variant for that it's really just a solo game but thematically you are the last survivor of your party that entered a cavern and you're kind of on the path of free events. No one else survived. It's just you. You have nothing on you. So you have just your bare hands. So now you have to explore the cavern, find resources, and prepare for four boss battles that increase in difficulty. So the game, how it plays, is you are converting resources to different types. So your basic resource is effort. And from that, you can get like metal to create knives and wood to create uh, different weapons. You can actually do some crafting in the game, for example. But as you're like finding food and doing all these preparations, everything costs time to do. And you only have so much time until you run to the boss. So it's a balance between 
how much do I want to push this envelope to try to get as many resources as I can, and more importantly, the correct resources I want, versus let's just go and attack the boss now. Once you build up, you go fight the boss, and each of these bosses has uh, various effects on them. They're all pretty different and unique. If you survive that, then you have to eat. And then uh, after that, you finish level one. You move on to level two, which you repeat the same cycle again. We prepare, fight another boss, and then eat food again. And during this whole uh, scenario, you'll be leveling up and gaining, uh, hopefully crafting better weapons, getting uh, cool skills, and getting better uh, abilities, really. If you can complete the fourth level and, and survive to the end, you win the game. If you ever need to spend effort, your most basic resource, and you can't, then you lose the game. So that's just a brief summary of the game. Let's jump into our review format. So if this is your first time listening, we do a five-point review format. So what this is, is we each choose five topics to discuss, and each topic we list as a pro or con or a mix, and we start with our least important thing to know about the game and end with our most important thing to know about the game. At the end, we'll just summarize it with final thoughts. So Baird, you being the guest, how about you start with your number five? My number five is actually a con, but it can be turned into a pro if the game continues in the way I think it's going to be moving, if it's going to, is the fact that you only get four characters to choose from. And I'm kind of, they, they do play differently and differently enough. But once you start playing the game more than about four to eight times, even maybe in like your ninth time, you one have really figured out your characters, you know, exactly when to use what skill, but you're also, I don't feel I'm getting too much difference from there enough difference from the characters to want to keep playing with the same characters over and over. I'd like to have four characters, maybe eight characters, and I can choose them a little bit different. But what I'm talking about is they I'm guessing they're going to hopefully have some type of print plays because in the game they actually have cards that are blank. So my guess is they're hopefully bringing in some print play stuff where you can put stuff on the cards and maybe sleeve the cards so you don't know what they are. So maybe a fifth character is coming or even more and maybe expansions if they're planning to do them. I haven't heard anything about it, but I could see having more content in characters maybe help the game a little bit. Yeah, having only four characters is fairly limiting and they are double-sided, but it's uh, male or female side. So that's actually pretty nice. I do love it when games do that. The variance of abilities I felt is there. I don't feel like the Sage plays the same way as the Sneak. Like they they have very different abilities and they do feel somewhat thematic. Um, I will disagree a little bit in that I do enjoy playing the same character over and over again, mostly because I find one that like fits my play style and it, um, I feel like that's, that's what I want to do in the game. So I'm gonna choose the character that lets me do that. At first, I wasn't sure if the characters were balanced, but after playing them more and more, I felt like, yeah, they're, they're pretty well balanced. But yes, I agree with you. There's not a whole lot of choice there a lot of variety you can feel i don't know a little samey after a while for sure yes actually i i can i do think that i i have found myself playing the sage quite a bit oh you're the sage i'm a sneak ah yes (laughs) the one i find is actually one of the ones that isn't that big of a deal and really that great is the ranger class or what is it the uh hunter class or whatever i forget the name of the class yeah, the hunters one. Is of them. that one yep. of them? Because isn't that the one where you can get like food? I've really never had an issue Correct. with food almost in all my playthroughs. It's not that I, I always have enough, but if I don't, I don't think the detriment is that as worse than some of the extra bonuses those other characters get you. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I mean, it's it's nice to be able to not worry about that uh, food mm-hmm. cost because if it stacks up on you, it could be pretty severe. So if you're missing one food less than your requirement, you just pay one effort, your basic resource, not a big deal. 
But if you miss your second food, then it's too effort, and it kind of gets worse and worse after that. So if you have, like, no food and you need, a, like, four food, then you're kind of in trouble. So my number five is the conditions in the game. I'm listening to this as a pro. I feel like a lot of games have some type of condition in where, like, you get poisoned or you get slowed or something like this. This one surprised me because you have 10 conditions you can gain in this game, and the conditions felt very different and honestly very thematic. Like, for example, like, Afraid, that's where you can't rest during your exploration. I'm like, wow, that makes perfect sense. Or if you get amnesia, then you forget how to use your skills. I'm like, that really sucks, but, I mean, thematically, it's awesome. And uh, Weekend, where your attacks do less damage, is like, wow, this made a lot of sense. And, and it worked pretty nicely where you generally only have uh, the condition last you for, like, that one level that that you're fighting the boss at. Or maybe you gain a, a condition for the future level, so now, great, now I have... Something to prepare for uh, for the upcoming attacks or the battle coming. And I don't know. I thought it was really well done. I actually agree with you on that one. I do enjoy that condition deck. And I like the fact that at least there's one deck we're not shuffling. It's These are the cards you're going to get when something happens to you. I'm sorry, but man, you got paralyzed. Here's your detriment. And you've got to deal with it. when you. And the interesting thing about it is a lot of those you have to deal with in the next phase of the game. It doesn't actually happen to you in that phase when you're fighting the monster. It goes when you're going into the next phase. Like you said, afraid. You can't rest anymore so you have that through that whole next thing but it does get discarded at the end which does again seem thematic because if you can take on the next guy and beat him you might lose your condition because you've you're not afraid anymore for example there is one condition that is not negative it's a positive one that's when you can actually get armored well, that's kind of nice so that one will stick around between uh levels but yeah that was really well done nice nice change of pace for only having like most games having four or so to choose from that's great fine number four i'll jump into right away my number four is the difficulty, actually, and I found this to be a pro, but I can imagine some people find this to be a con. I found the game very challenging, honestly. It was really, really difficult. I didn't win on normal, to be honest. I came very close to winning on normal, like within like uh, a turn or two or a resource or two. Um, I've only won on easy level, but it's pretty easy to adjust difficulties, and I, I, I do see myself getting better as I play this more and more, so I can see myself maybe getting to that at hard level of difficulty. But yeah, the challenge up front is... Quite, quite challenging. I feel like after I lose, I want to just try it again, see if I can get, do it just a little bit better each time. I hear you. It is a difficult game. I've played it maybe, I think I'm up to like five or six times. I've won it twice. That's not normal. I have actually made it through normal twice. Uh, of course, one of the times I think after I beat it, I kind of looked into it and I realized I was playing one of the monsters wrong. So obviously that's a loss. So I guess you could only say I've won it once. <laughs> it's kind of, it is a very difficult game. I think I enjoy the fact that it is difficult. Like you said, some may not. I do think the difficulty is important in the solo game too, because I mean, you don't have that cooperative nature to draw you in. Like, okay, I'm going to do this, this uh, effect this time and somehow help you out or combo together. It's just you playing the game. What's going to get you to bring that game back to the table is that difficulty level. So, yeah, good job on that one. So that's my number four, a pro with the difficulty. What about you, Barrett? What's your number four? Number four to me is theme. This game is absolutely, if it didn't have this theme or didn't have a good theme, this game wouldn't work. And the theme to this is fantastic. You start with nothing. You have to make it through four encounters and each revving up in difficulty just to get out. And the idea of the different encounters you see, you can it almost feels like you're playing through this. Like the, some of the encounters are bury your comrades and things like this that really kind of 
bring you into that theme of your adventuring party going down and everybody getting slaughtered and you're the only one left, your bandage bruised, you got nothing, and you got to get out. I think the theme is fantastic. The monsters work wonderfully. Those are the monsters you'd see in a place like this. And it even has the idea of getting treasure where you can try, which is what you're planning to do in the first place when we went down there. But come to fruition you all got pretty much murdered so once you get all this treasure that's even another thing in the game that kind of brings this theme of everything together i that said i really don't have much more to say than the fact that the theme is awesome i do appreciate how the theme is not this high fantasy mag heavy magic theme it's more i feel more like a i'm kind of like a regular dude you know i just regular dude women party in this this caverns and had a horrible accident where everyone died. Now I'm trying to make it out alive. And like, I feel like when I'm like crafting my weapons that, you know, I'm barely cobbling together these sticks and these metal trying to try and make the, any type of weapon I can, can to get out of this. So it's fun. I, I enjoy that. It's a, it's a nice change from the, you know, normal high fantasy adventure game. And sometimes I feel even like it's this panic going on in this game. Like you said, you're barely making a knife and you don't know if that's the weapon that's going to get you through your next encounter. And even when you got your knife, do I turn? you can turn into another weapon from then. And which one do I make? Which one's going to be the better one for the next thing? You don't really know until you get that next monster to try to figure out what you're going to do to that one. And the encounter deck sometimes doesn't give you the resources you need and you start panicking and all of a sudden your time is slipping away and it's just like you have this monster breathing down your neck. Yeah, I, it's just so good. I will say that the artwork also helps with the theme, in my opinion, because it's all very dark and foreboding and like the monsters you encounter, they're pretty like, well, they're not like gory, but they're kind of kind of gruesome monsters. Like if I saw this in the dark, I'd be freaking out. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to see any of them anytime soon. That was my number four. I want to know what your number three is. My number three is going to be the first con on this list, but not the last con. A little bit of foreboding there. Uh, and that's going to be the skills. When you gain a skill in this game, you draw two skill cards and pick one and discard the other. That's fine, but my issue is I didn't feel like the skills were very balanced. There are some skills that will grant you a reduction in what's called your general actions. And your general actions are when you're preparing in the preparation stage, you can convert resources to other resources. For example, I can convert four effort into a medium effort, so uh, a stronger effect of that. But doing this action doesn't require any time, so you can kind of do as much as you want because, you know, it's just a quick thing to do. Well, one of the skills you can gain, it reduces the cost of the action, so that's nice. But it doesn't reduce the cost significantly, and then it lets you do it in the middle of combat, which is kind of nice, and you can take an action after that, so you don't lose your action. But really, you you can do that anyway during preparation phase. So if you prepare in advance, you really don't ever need this. And so I feel like you're taking the skill just for a slight reduction in cost. And it, there's so much better skills out there that I would I felt like I was never picking that. And I picked a few times to try it out. I wasn't very impressed with it. And there's other skills that will let you ignore certain effects. Like, oh yeah, the steel effect. You can ignore that, which is really powerful. But you might not encounter the monster that steals or maybe only a couple times it steals. I mean, does, is that worth it? I mean, if you go happen to get the right monsters, it's, it's really good. If you happen to get the wrong monsters, it doesn't do a whole lot. At least there's another ability on that card, so it's not worthless. And then there's uh, the skills outside that I found were actually pretty interesting. Those are fun to play with. So like, yeah, you pick two, uh, or draw two, two, pick one, but I felt like there were some pretty obvious choices to pick when I was drawing those skills. I think you're pretty much nailed on the head in most respects. I did actually find some of those ones that got rid of enemy abilities pretty powerful. 
I like you said, maybe it's just because I got lucky and drew the monster. I getting rid of a steel on a character monster that's two steel. Oh my gosh, that was gold. I was able to get through that monster no problem. But like you said, there's a few that are obvious choices versus not obvious choices. But then there those could be every one of them seemed to have a use at some point. At one point, I found I was getting a lot of wood, and all of a sudden, this wood carver one came up or something, something to that effect, where you could give away wood to do something. I was like, well, that's the obvious choice, but it would have been one I wouldn't have picked if I didn't have enough wood to really deal with it. So, I mean, yes, I think some, most of the times there's a good choice and a good thing. I don't know if I'd call it a con, because I, I guess maybe in a way it could be... I, I think a lot of them are... I think actually every skill in that game was pretty situational. Yeah, I would. I mean, especially the ones I haven't mentioned, like you talk about uh, converting like wood and stuff. There's some that you can like eat wood as food, which is kind of funny. I think it's like moss eater, and like some other ones you could like convert. Like, hey, you can spend your your metal as wood, so then you can kind of like eat your metal, for example. So, <laughs> so you can like combo these together in some fun ways, and that's that's enjoyable. I really really like that part of the game, but I mean, those are the skills I want. I don't want these other ones, and so that's that's where my main complaint came from. But yeah. That's my number three, the skills. I hear you. So, Baron, what was your number three? My number three is a con for now. Again, it could be a pro. It might have been something I kind of touched on earlier. It's that longevity issue where you have five monsters in each time. Again, I they've kind of mentioned it again with the, with the heroes, but I, I think overall in the game, if they're going to be able to put out content for this game, it can continue to grow, and I think you're going to see a lot more coming out, but with only... Oh, sorry, six monsters. There's six monsters because you have that. There's a, a, a die that comes in this game. It's it's a six-sider. You roll to see what monster you're going to fight. That's, and then you use that during the combat system as well. But there's only six. And there's each monster is different in its own way. And they all fight in their own way. But if I roll a three and then I roll a three the next time and I roll a three the next time, I'm like, okay, I know the odds of that are, well, I guess what one I, I don't know odds but you're, you're going to keep in that saying, so you know what one is coming. Or even you have an idea after playing a few times. These are the, you might have played four of the first level monsters. Like, okay, I know what a good chance of what's coming. I know how to prepare for these, which I guess is maybe what they're shooting for in this game. But again, each one of those monsters has a blank one. So you can either create your own, or maybe they're planning to bring out your more. Uh, the encounter deck is the same way. It's a big deck, so that's really cool. But I find every time I play the game, I'm going through way over half that deck. But what two cards am I drawing? Again, draw two, pick one. There's a skill that allows you to draw four instead, but or sorry, an ability that you can use. You use, I think it's a small effort, and you can grab four instead of two, and you never know what you're going to get. But again, I know what I'm looking for, and I'm hoping to get, because I know what I might be fighting in this first level versus the second level. I know these guys might have more armor or not, or whatever. So I, I'm kind of worried about the longevity of this game, and I hope... I, I found myself playing it a lot, and I enjoy every time I play it. So I'm not worried yet but i think if i kept playing it eventually i'm going to kind of come to a point where yeah kind of saw it all that's a fair assessment i have a little bit more to say about the monsters later so we'll wait for that i'm looking forward to it so that was my number three so we only have two left steve you're on number two got it my number two touches on a little bit of what you mentioned and that is the encounter deck i'm going to label this as a con one of the pros I'll list for the counter deck is one you already mentioned is the thickness of it. There are a ton of cards in this counter deck, which is great. But like you said, I found myself going through more than half of it in most games, honestly. And I found that the strategy was like you really want to kind of span that deck to find that's the that's how you get your resources. So you want to find the right cards to convert the resources of the right types. But why I'm listening as a con is because while I'm doing that in the game, it 
for me, it just pulled me away from the game. It was a little too abstract. I mean, there is flavor text on these cards, and the resource uh, transactions are thematic with the title and the flavor text going on. But it wasn't enough to like really make me think of me being in the dungeon. I felt like, oh, I'm just converting this one resource to these other resources, or these two resources around. And the rest of the game, I'm feeling like I'm battling. I've got building up these, these cool weapons. I've got these resources I can use. And it just kind of took me out of the theme. And that's my, my big con of that. I do agree in a way that, yeah. And I, like you said, um, I, there's a skill that even allows you to pull four. So yes, you're milling that deck to try to find what you need. And if you don't find what you need, you always can fall back on a rest action where you're like, I'm going to take the lowest possible time, just do my rest, which gives you back a little bit of effort based on the amount of time you decide to give back. So yeah, like you said, I'm just going to keep going. And like you said, all you're doing is looking for stuff out of there. You're not there is flavor text. Let me tell you, the flavor text is so small. If you tried to read that, I, I, I've got like 40-year-old <laughs> eyes. I can't even see that. i got to use my phone to look through it or like a magnifying glass. It's really small. So, yes, it's it, there is some there, and it, but I can see how that can dry you out. And I felt like there were some skills in the game where you could kind of control how those encounter cards came up, especially there's one, uh, I think it's called Perfect Memory. There's a skill you can get where you can like grab a card from the discard pile and that's your encounter for the game, or uh, for that turn. And I found that to be incredibly powerful. Like I loved that choice. It was great. It wasn't didn't feel as random. Like oh, you know what? I need this food, and I can exchange this one wood for three food or whatever it happens to be. And uh, being able to fetch that, I really made the game super fun for me in that sense. But I mean, that's one skill off the whole skill deck. I don't know if I'm gonna get that. And there's a few other one other character that does that too. Uh, sage. The sage. Yes, thank you. The sage can actually. Uh, set it up so that one of those cards you discard, as you're looking at uh, whatever two or four cards you're looking at, you can make that be your next encounter, which is really nice too. So that, that was a fun one to play. But, I mean, other than those two encounters or ways of manipulating the counter deck, I, I just wanted more from that. It's, I, I didn't want to be pulled away from the game when I played it. But yeah, that's my number two, a con. What's your uh, number two, Barrent? My number two is basically the whole idea of it being solo, the whole idea of how much time it takes and the fact that I can take this anywhere I want to go because it's, and it's a pro here it comes. It it's solo only. That's fine. I mean, I, everybody's going to need some time to unwind. Um, I actually did bring this game to Colorado. I was playing it when my wife put the kids down to sleep. And then when she was done, we would play a game together. So there again, time, you're looking at 20, 30 minutes at the most. You're probably dead in 10. So you've got <laughs> a lot of extra time to even try again. Um, it's compact. It comes in a very small box. And all it is is some really nicely done cards, these really nicely done playmat, little, I guess I shouldn't call them playmats, but little player board type things. That And the cubes work in them. I've found myself bumping a few times and forgetting exactly what numbers I had. But overall, I think the, the way they created the game works, it's small compact i can take it where i want and it doesn't take long to play and it's fun to just break out when i have a few minutes i agree completely yeah the size form factor the artwork i mean the quality of the box is really thick i feel like it's very durable i'll add one thing to the player boards they're actually double layered and i love it when games do that it just makes it so those, those cubes you can just slide them up and down and make it really easy to play yeah it was it was really nice like i said 30 minutes max i agree that's actually accurate on the box i feel like Nowadays, when we see a timestamp on these boxes for estimation, they're always wrong. But this one, I think, is actually correct. So, with the exception of, like you said, when you lose, it could be very quick. And, and trust me, I've lost very quickly in this game. <laughs> and lastly, our number one thing, 
And that is, for me, going to be the variety of monsters as a pro. So I know you were talking about how there's only, you know, six monsters for each level. And that's true. Uh, but, I mean, it's 24 monsters. That's that's a good number. And I was seeing the same monster again and again. But I did feel like how those monsters vary between each other. They were very different. And I really enjoyed that. There was a lot of passive effects in some cases. The stats were different. Different attack types. And this kind of gets back to my one of the complaints I had earlier about the skills. Like... Baron mentioned that there are skills that completely like disregard negative effects from like stealing or disarming. And those are very powerful, but these monsters have such variety that you may or may not see that uh, type of attack in the game, just because there's so many different variations in it. And it the AI is dumb, but it works. I mean, you just kind of roll a, a six sided die and look at the chart and see what it does. It's it's fine. It works. I. I like uh, something a little bit smarter than that, but I mean, for his 20 30 game, no issues, honestly. So yeah, Variety of Monsters a Pro, really, really engaging, a lot of variety, artwork's really good, and that's honestly what brings me back to the game again and again, is seeing how I can approach these different monsters. So that was my number one. Barrett, what is your number one? My number one is how easy it is to get into after learning a little bit of the rules. I don't feel like, the rulebook is a little thicker, you'd think, for a solo game, but once you get rolling, I never even went back to the rule book. I knew what was going on. I knew how to play it. I knew what I was doing. They had enough little reference cards to help me out. The complexity is complex enough to keep me thinking about what I should be doing next and how I should be approaching different things. But it's not overly complex where I'm sitting there just staring at a board, wondering, oh, no, what do I do next? Like, I know what I'm looking for. I know how to approach certain situations, but it's still complex enough to keep me interested every time I play. And so I think that's a pro in the fact that it's easy to get into, but it's complex enough to be able to keep me guessing and keep me looking for what I'm supposed to do next. Yeah, I uh, almost agree completely to that. With one caveat, it took me a, a few plays up front to like really grasp it. I made a few mistakes with like, oh yeah, that's a limited skill. I can't do that again and again and again and again. So stuff, just dumb stuff like that. But I mean, it was pretty obvious, my mistakes. And once you get it down, it worked out pretty well. I... I want to make sure I shout out that the reference cards they have in there, uh, they have nice quick start reference cards to tell you how to set up the game. On the back side, they have a flow chart for the turn structure with a, a, a token you can use to keep track of where you are on this turn structure. It it sounds like on audio format, this thing's really complex. It, it really isn't. But that flow chart is really well done. It made it super easy to like step through it for the, my first few plays and get used to it. And honestly, after a while, I kind of almost stopped using it, really. But it's just, that helped a lot. Yeah, they did a great job on making sure that this game is reachable to almost any audience that really wants to try it out. Great. So that's going to wrap up our five list. Uh, let's jump into our final thoughts. Yeah, so my final thoughts, this is a weak recommend. Like, yeah, I, I do recommend this, but there are a few things that just kind of didn't jive with me. Like I said before, uh, preparation they kind of pulled me out of the game the encounter set i don't think everyone's going to have that same problem but for me that was an issue i do think the quality components are great artwork is very good it's dark but it's very good but yeah this is a really a resource management game wrapped up with a dungeon crawl theme so yeah cool theme resource management that's fine i enjoy it um i think there's a little bit of luck in when you're trying to pull out a win if you find the right skills to go against monsters that does help you a lot in this game so that might be an impact. I mean, there's no luck in dice rolling other than how the enemy attacks you and what enemy you get. But, I mean, that seems fine. I mean, everything you do in the game, your actions are all definite. You know exactly what's happening. 
But yeah, nice small box, quick playtime. I, I enjoy it. So this is a weak recommend. If, if you like a, a small solo game that Sim can bring to you on trips or whatever, um, and you like resource management, this this might be your, your type of game. I really can't say much more. You pretty much hit it right on the head. I would recommend somebody who's looking for a cheap solo game that are into dungeon crawlers but don't have a lot of time on their hands and they don't have a lot of people that they're going to play with right away and want to bring something on a trip. I think this is fantastic for that. Is there some better games out there you could probably take? Yeah, sure, but I mean, I think every game there is, but I think there's a game for everybody out there, and I am going to find myself bringing this on along on trips. If you can get a hold of this game and you're into that kind of more dungeony crawler thing, I think this is kind of an easy pickup. You're not looking to break the bank on this either. It's a pretty cheap game. So that's going to wrap up our review of Unbroken. Like I said earlier in the episode, we have started Patreon, and I want to do a quick shout-out to some of our Patreon supporters. So special thanks to our Patreon supporters, William P. at the co-op MVP level, James B. at a co-op lover level, and Chris D. at our co-op fan level. While we start this Patreon, it's going to help us do a lot more for the content we're producing. It's We're not going to stop producing our content. So it's definitely not a requirement. It's very optional. But honestly, every little bit helps, and we really appreciate it. So thanks, guys. And that's going to wrap up our episode. So I want to say thanks again to Baron for joining me on this review of unbroken steve like i've said it's just awesome to always come on i have so much fun doing these and i you can invite me on anytime i play games i love games and i love talking about them and where can people find you online they can always find me i have a youtube channel called meet me at the table that's really my only avenue i've got i do have an email meet me at the table for at gmail.com you can always contact me if you have any comments questions concerns anything at all i, I respond really fast obviously i enjoy what i do I do recommend checking out his content. It's really fun. So if you like the stuff we produce, you'll probably like the same things that Baron produce. But yeah, that's going to wrap up our episode. So we'll see you at the next stop. Thanks for listening to another episode of the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Please check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. If you want to reach out to us, the best place to talk to us all is on the Slack. See the show notes for details. Also, you can support us on Patreon check out patreon.com slash one stop. Thanks for listening and we'll see you all next week with another top five list. So with that said, Baron, how about you being our visitor? Start our visitor. That's right. I'm a visitor. I'm a guest. That seems like, oh, guest. That's what I was looking for. I'm looking for the guest. <laughs> the guest is like, right here. It's me. This is not right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, I'm going to yeah. go. Let's see if I can say something and get you in there. Uh, uh... I can just jump into it. Let me... Let me do. Oh, no, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to think of something spectacular. Okay. So what's your number five? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was all prepared for something spectacular. It's like, oh, wait, just no more transition. <laughs> Oh, see, that's my spectacular. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got me. Okay, so let's hear it. So that was my number one. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about number one. I already did my number one. Like I said, why did I even <laughs> say that then? <laughs> <laughs>